0: And good morning. It is 9.34. Joining me now, our good friend Master Gardener, Barb Lampson. You've got two Master Gardeners in studio, me and Barb. Yes. And you've been one for 35-plus years, and I've just been one since 2016. So I'm pretty much of a newcomer. But, you know, I figure I've been gardening for about 50 years because I started
1: when I was a kid, like (laughs) you did. Yeah, you're passionate. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking about uh, how I got started gardening and of course it was my grandmother that influenced me and we have Mother's Day coming up yes, and it's time to pay tribute to our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts, cousins, uh, friends, women that have contributed so much to, well, to our knowledge and have supported us and nurtured us and my grandmother certainly was one of these people and I was thinking of her particularly because as i was looking at my garden and then i was i went in and i was reading the daily paper and i was reading about the measles and and children not being vaccinated for measles and when my grandmother came to this country she uh, or, or she and her family three families came together there were 15 of them at that time my grandmother was pregnant and gave birth to one of her children aboard the ship and When they got to Quebec, which was their destination, their ship was quarantined because they had measles. There were measles aboard. And um, in this uh, uh, book that my grandmother and her family wrote, she tells about how difficult it was. I believe she said they were at sea six Six weeks, and then when they got to Quebec, they had to stay. They could see land, they could see everything, but they had to stay aboard ship. And how horrible that was! And I, I remember when the polio vaccine became popular, and my grandmother was so happy that children would never ever have to be, suffer from that. Yeah, yeah, and it was something that just affected healthy children. You know, just it was just it was horrible. And she said, "This was such a wonderful country, and that we had." the vaccine, and I, I was thinking about her, what would she say if there was a vaccine from measles? And, and you didn't use it. And you didn't use it. I'm sure that she would think that was a terrible, terrible waste, and she would wonder why people were doing that. But anyway, my my lovely little grandmother, who, who lived up in the Red River Valley, settled um, in her retirement home in Thief River Falls, Minnesota, and had the most beautiful garden, and her garden was all flowers. And my grandfather, on the other side of the sidewalk, <laughs> his garden was the vegetables. Uh-huh. But my grandmother was always quick to tell me, now that you've seen my garden, you have to go see your grandfather's potatoes. <laughs> and I think being Swedish, because we eat lefsa and we eat Swedish dumplings and things, a lot of our things depend on eating potatoes. And so they were just much, much treasured. But I haven't got my potatoes in yet. I won't get them in yet. For We were up to a good council, and it's pretty wet out it's there. It's cold, and it's been wet. And,
0: and I just actually planted some more indoor seeds yesterday, Barb. Good because, for you. Well, you know, you think, well, gosh, it's getting kind of late for that. But um, things like melons and mm-hmm. cucumbers, they like it when it's warm. So I read it says start indoors, three to four weeks before planting outside and I figure I won't get those until it's warm in the first week in June right, so right. I've actually put them in some peat pots because they don't like their roots disturbed so I've started the seeds, sure. put them on a
1: heating mat because they'll sprout better. Oh and, and do they ever sprout? You know those those heating mats are like 80 degrees Yeah, and very- and things just, if you water, water your soil before you plant in it and then poke your seeds in and then do a little bit more watering and then be sure and watch them, don't let Dry out because it, it is the heat. dry makes it dry out. Yes. What what I did was I had a a bag of some organic
0: uh, seed starting uh, soil or mix mm-hmm. a potting a potting mix or soil seed mix and it said to um, actually put warm water in it and let it soak in and stir it. So that's what I did because it was you know it was bone dry. And sure. if I would put those um, in the little cups and then put the seed in, you'd water it and everything would just the the, right, the water right. wouldn't soak in. It would just pop right out of the, right. the cup. So yeah, I true. let it, the warm water, and I let it soak real good, and then it was nice, and I put it in the little peat pots because things like cucumbers and uh, squash and watermelon don't like their roots disturbed. So they said put it in a big enough one that you'll put that right, right in the ground versus some of those smaller little sure. uh, cells that there's some plants, you know, you can put those in. They don't
1: mind if you right. plop them out and stick you them know, in the ground. I, I have this year... I have, it must be that my green thumbs have been acting up and been uh, <laughs> anxious to do something, anything. And so I have found some really nice red zinnia seeds. And I started some of those. Now, I've always been of the persuasion that. Flower seeds like that do better to be direct seeded outside. But I just thought, you know, this is okay because by the time I put them out, I'll get early bloom here, and I'm planting them for the pollinators, and then the ones that I'm planting directly seeding into the garden, they'll come up a little later. So you have a a couple of different times.
0: So you get a little earlier bloom, and I do that with my zinnias too. I start them inside a little, and I just put those in the little cells too sure and then I'll plop those outside it gives right. them a little start um and I was watching a video a gardening video and they showed how you know a lot of people might buy their oh um marigolds or something already started and they severely chopped off the tops because before they put them in the ground right. because then what happens is they get better thicker branching and then the the um, energy goes to the roots versus just producing right, flowers, right. and that's not a bad thing. So if you get some beautiful flowers, you know, a lot of times you'll see people in the greenhouse looking, oh, this has the best flowers. Put it so I have instant flowers. But yeah. it's better to cut all those flowers those off the top because then you get the root development, and that's what you really yes. want. And yes. if you cut it, then you'll get more branching and thicker, healthier-looking plants. And, and looking you know
1: what plants. you can do, too? You may, If you can get enough of a little bit of a stem, that's not wasted. Put that in just a dish and just float them in there, and you can enjoy those. You mean those, the little flowers
0: you cut mm-hmm. off? Yeah, Yeah, sure. those little ones in
1: there too so but i I thought maybe we could talk just a bit about what's doing the blooming i had um people touring my garden already and i was quite surprised that people are interested but it's those folks that are interested in the native plants and uh and several native things are blooming right now as a matter of fact the violets there's a downy blue and a downy yellow in my yard. They're blooming as well as I have a, a Canadian white violet. It's taller. It's uh, it's not as nice a flower as our native uh, downy blue and yellow are, but it is blooming too. And then I have a, a violet that I got from Barb Maher years ago, and she thinks that she bought it from the white flower farm, and it's called uh, Pricey Anna, and it's hmm. it's makes a nice clump, and it has a blue flower, or a white flower with a blue throat, or vice versa. I think it's I think it's white with a blue throat, but it, it's just very very good looking. It's very prolific. It would be a great thing to put into places. Um, if you were trying to do a natural habitat, it, because once you get it started, it it will move around. It'll well, move into the grass. And you too. mentioned
0: the violets. I'm actually trying to I'm trying to maintain just some turf in my by the lake house, and it's got so many violets that it kind of crowds out some yes. of the the grass. So I'm hand picking a lot of those and yep. and putting them in more of an area where I don't mind if they get right. away a little bit. Right. So that's the thing. Some things if they're really Prolific, it says they're prolific, they might invade, so you got to keep that in mind. Sure. uh, That
1: it's the right place where you don't mind if they escape. Sure. You know, uh, a few other things that are. native to our area here. The wild ginger. Now, I looked, I lifted up a leaf, and the wild ginger is blooming. And it has a little bell-shaped
0: oh, flower. It's underneath, isn't it? Because yes. I've never actually
1: seen the bloom. I should look under the, because I've got yes, tons of it. Yes, they're blooming right oh. now, at least in my yard. And the pasque flowers blooming in my south yard right now. Uh, the jack and the pulpits just started blooming
0: yesterday. Oh, mine are coming up everywhere. I'm going to have some at the plant sale on May 18th because I've got That's so great. many that are spreading yeah. Yes,
1: and and once you get them started, and this is one of those plants that somehow that bulblet got into my garden... And once you've got one, they'll multiply, and you can move them around. Beautiful, beautiful plant, just beautiful. And uh, uh, something that's not uh, native to our area is the celadon poppy. Now, that is the earliest poppy that I know of that blooms now, and it makes a nice clump. And then... After it gets done blooming, you be sure and get that bloom off and cut that stem all the way down, and then later on in the summer, you'll get a second bloom. It's never as much as the first, which is now, but that's a great plant, too. It just really looks so nice with the... Is that another one that kind of gets crazy and out of control it if you will. let it? it? Okay, It will, but it's easy just to pull it out, and it's not like... Um, the bigger like the old fashioned orange one that you used right. to see that seed used to go all over the place oh. this isn't like that so and then the virginia bluebells They're yes i've just, got some blooming they so they start out pink and then they turn blue and that's that's a nice thing and they also will move around as a matter of fact i was in my raspberry patch this must have been early in the week when it was still warm out and the soil was drying off. And here was a patch of Virginia bluebells. And that had moved maybe 20 feet from its original yes. spot. So uh, did I disturb the soil or did it, I don't know how it got or there. Or did but, the birds, you know? Yeah, yeah, just kind
0: of, kind of a mystery Or I think happening. of even when you rake, or a lot of times when I rake, maybe I'm raking things and some seeds get uh, dragged around too, uh, I noticed that my ginger. It's been about three or four years since I got my first ginger plant. Thinking this one little plant isn't going to make any difference. Now they are coming up everywhere, yes. and I'm wanting them for a nice woodland cover in my shade garden. So they're finally getting there, and I've got enough that I'm going to start to take some of those and bring them out to my the lake place where I right. want to get some more nice uh, cover on
1: the the to hold in the dirt. Yes, and don't forget, you can always get them from me because oh, okay. they grow prolifically. And I now I like the European ones.
0: Those are the shiny leaf ones. They grow very slow. Yeah, they're slower, but they're starting to yes, spread. Yes. What the
1: um what do you call the the regular ones? The regular ginger. Uh, our native ginger. We just call native ginger. Yeah,
0: and they're they're a lot bigger. So right, right. I, the leaf
1: is um
0: it's fuzzier too. Yes. And um and it covers a lot more area. So it, I'm trying to keep that in a certain place where I don't mind, and I'm keeping the others so it doesn't crowd out some of sure. my hostas and things. So you kind of have to look where you plant
1: it. And we should say about all these things that I've just mentioned, that they uh, uh, seem to be resistant to rabbits yes. and <laughs> resistant blade. to deer and and insects. And so they're very easy from that perspective. You get them in. And uh, one of the gals that was up looking at my garden has been working on a woodland garden for three years. And she said, you know, it hasn't filled out like yours has. And I said, you know, it takes a long time. She said, I wonder if I should dig some things and divide them and put them. I said, just let them clump up, leave them. They're just getting established. And then once they're really established, they'll go to town.
0: And I have discovered that there is a magic number sort of when you start a new garden to when it actually starts looking like a nice garden. And the first I planted, I was looking at some of the tags that I, I labeled it was 2013, that, that hosta garden. And just now some of them are coming into their own in terms of yes. being the size they should be. I remember thinking like, oh, there's so much dirt, so much space. But now it, it's all of a sudden they got this strong root system that spread and it's,
1: yeah, so that's why when you plant things, don't plant them too close because they will right. fill out right. and and especially these native plants, now, the woodland ferns, they're another one that will spread. And they, they send this root, it, it goes underneath, and it'll it'll pop up, uh, a new plant will pop up quite a distance away. So it's very early in the spring, it comes up first. But now the Japanese painted fern, very slow coming mm-hmm. up. And you can just see things that aren't native, you know, to this area. It takes them much longer, and you have to be careful you don't walk on them, you don't step on them. Right. Because they're more fussy. Th- they certainly are more fussy. But so. You know, one of the things we like to do at our plant sale, which, by the way, is a week from Saturday. Oh,
0: that's right, on the 18th.
1: Yes, yes, 9 o'clock in the morning till, um about 11.30, 12 o'clock in there at the curling Cal- club. Caledonia Club, which yeah. is just off of Madison Avenue. Right, and we will have signs. We always, we have so many gardeners that love the woodland plants, and they will bring woodland plants. And this is the place to buy them, because they've been grown locally, and they haven't been taken out of the woods. These are plants that people are reproducing in their own gardens.
0: Because it is illegal to take some plants out of the woods. and it so, is. so it's not like we're
1: going out and just digging them up to sell them. <laughs> no. Ab- absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, uh, one of the plants that I'm always looking for in my garden, and it's up now, it's called a May apple. Have you ever planted that, Karen? May apple? No, I've heard of it, but I'm not, I don't think so. It's, um, some people know it as mandrake. It's a plant that, uh, it looks like it might be related to, um, almost to a hosta or something like that, because it has a spike, uh, the stem is tall, and then it has leaves branching off at the top, just one set. And it gets a little a little flower at the very top, and you have to look for it, and then that flower turns into a fruit, and you can actually eat that. Oh, well, the thing I like about that is because it's a very, very old plant. It was introduced here from, actually, from uh, the Mediterranean area, and according to the doctrine of signatures, which was centuries ago used as a way of finding medicinal plants. They thought if a part of the plant resembled a part of your body, that that would be good. (laughs) And with this um, mandrake, where it gets its name, uh, the root reminds... Reminded people of parts of the body, and they would use this root. But it's it's very interesting. It's green. It's it looks like it would take a be a very shady plant. But I've got it in shade. I've got it in sun. It does extremely well. And it's just fun to know the history of some of these plants and how they've survived and how people use them. At one time, they were you know searching for remedies, and and when you think about. Uh, Looking at something, if it was shaped like a, like the shape of your kidney, they thought that that would be something that would benefit be, your
0: kidney. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, oh. exactly. So uh, put some of those interesting plants in your garden that your children will like to learn about and that you want to tell other people about. That's great. And then um, I also have right now... The iris. Now, these are the, the miniature iris. These are the shorter iris. And they've just started blooming in my garden. The, some have... No, so not the bearded. Are These, what are uh, they called? The Well, the, they're they... They're just the minis uh, that are like about yeah, six they, inches they tall? They do have a beard, yes. But they're the shorter ones. Yes, and I've got some too. They're really tiny little Yes, things. Yes, yes. there And they've just opened up. And I was very surprised. I moved a bunch. I'm trying to see... How far you can push something uh, out of its comfort zone. So I took these iris, and I put them into heavy shade, and they're doing well there and they're blooming. I'm just absolutely surprised by that. And you know, if you've raised any iris at all, it doesn't take long before it's time to v- divide them up and share them with friends because they do multiply. But iris
0: again, they're like August. Those are the,
1: that's the time to move them. They down. go dormant, right? Yep. During that time, the the miniatures. And the intermediates don't have nearly as much problems with iris bore right. and disease as what those big, tall, bearded ones do. And then, of course, there's Siberians. Now, you've
0: given me some Siberians, and uh, I planted them late in the summer, so they just kind of sat there, but they're coming back
1: very nicely. Now, when can I expect them to bloom? You know, it, it's going it, to be in this early... You know, in the springtime, mm-hmm. but it's going to be it's going to be late this year. I think I think it's going to be somewhere around uh, in the middle of June. I would say, <laughs> and I have a new one I bought last year. I was over to Fairbowl, and, and they had one. It's a it's a different shade. So if that if that multiplies like the other ones I have in my yard, you can certainly have a piece of that oh, too. Well, that's very because kind of you. It's so nice to have different colors or the flower is different you know it's like these little violets when you get these woodland violets if you start looking at the flower they're amazing yeah they are and some of them the petals are bigger some of them are smaller some of them the throat is a different color and then some of them have more of a spur coming off from the flower itself going down and i just think wow you know there's there's so much here to learn and there's so much to see and, and it's just absolutely great. So invite someone to your garden if it's doing anything at all. Make sure that they know, you know, they can come and Tell them about what you've been doing, and and it's just a it's just a great time for us gardeners. We're I just... want to talk about compost, Barb. I want to show you my muscle. Ooh. Look at my bicep. I know, and you should get an award. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and you had to have been in good shape to start. <laughs> oh my goodness, moving around that kind. I of. I
0: tell you what, I I want compost, and I've got compost from the good. It used to be uh, Full Circle Organics out by Good Thunder, and they take food waste, and now they use uh, leaf. Uh, and twigs and things and and it's run by a different company called Mf- MFS but it's still up by Good Thunder and the problem I had before with the uh, compost was it had a lot of plastic and stuff in it Yeah, we had but, it up at
1: Good Council right too.
0: but now I, I got five cubic yards and five cubic yards is the equivalent of about 10,000 pounds <laughs> right and it's beautiful. Right. And I said, "Well, what? What's different? Why is there not the plastic?" He says, "Well, you know, new company, the same wonderful guys. I think it's Gary and Dave come out, and they're just these just nice, nice guys that older guys that, well, just fun to, to Josh with. Sure. And I, he said they, they got a new screening method, so it's beautiful. And I, um, we were gonna try and dump it over the areas that were cut my spruce trees to put my son's lily garden." Sure. Well, they they had this big, long trailer with, because five cubic yards is a lot. Yes. And so they tried to back down, got stuck, and so he's like, I have to dump it here because he couldn't make it in. So he dumped it in a big, giant pile, and it was going to rain the next day. And I thought, well, I can't leave this here. It's going to kill the grass. So it took me six hours with a wheelbarrow and a shovel barb. To you move. are determined. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> to move that um, those piles where I needed it in the different spots in the yard. And it's also good to put compost around some of your existing
1: plants, like yeah. on the top of the soil, yes. because it adds some nice nutrients, especially micronutrients. This is top dressing. Yes. And, and all the plants benefit from that. But not to take away from anyone who spends six hours shoveling. <laughs> I, I wish I you, had a tractor. I will tell you that I also got some of their compost. You know, usually I make an enough of my own but I thought I'm gonna try it this year and see if it's better than that than it was last year. It is, isn't it? And I bought forty pounds and I'm sparingly they package it up for you in brown bags. I Sparingly, I'm I'm incorporating it mm-hmm. in different places in the garden. It is it is just a wonderful thing to be able to do for the plants. And you
0: got to make sure you can't plant in pure compost. That's yep. the thing I think because people were driving by, uh, they they saw me. I mean, yeah. people numerous times. I'm still out there, you know, six hours later, and they said, "Wow, that's such beautiful soil." And I, you know, they were just driving by when they said that. So it's not soil. It's it's a, a soil amendment. So what I will do is I will work that in the soil that's there because right. a lot of times pure compost is uh, has too much. soil salinity yeah. and is too um it has great um, drainage but almost too great so it'll dry out more quickly. So it's something that
1: will add tilth to your current right. soil. So
0: I've got a lot of clay and stuff. I'll mix that all up and it'll just be beautiful for those plants. It's,
1: it's what the microbes need too. Yes. Yeah and and you know it's so important. We don't think about this, but our soil is just naturally heavy here. And the The roots need oxygen. They have to have that. We've got to be able to get oxygen into our soil. And when you've got solid clay, clay
0: is so compact and and such small particles, you don't get all that. So that's why if you've got clay, a lot
1: of things might drown or die. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think if there's one thing that I would tell anybody that was going to start gardening, uh, rather than rushing into planting a lot of things, is to spend your time and effort and money improving your soil. Oh, so you've got the yes. right spot. And I don't care what you're planting, if it's vegetables or, or if it's a tree or if it's perennials, annuals, you have got to improve the soil here because it is so very, very heavy.
0: Even if that puts you back in your planting, and that you know definitely did, I know the first year we were out at the lake, house and I had to basically tear everything out and of course my my instinct was I wanted to just plant and get new plants in there but I realized with all that rock and all that clay I could put stuff in there but it wasn't going to prosper or be successful so that is the key even if it's going to take
1: an extra summer or something it's worth the time for the long run, right? And and that's good advice, Karen. Because now in the future there will come a time when you actually can go and you can sit down on a chair <laughs> and enjoy with, it <laughs> with a cold drink and say, uh, you know, I remember when, and this is so wonderful now, and 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 oh, only oh. <laughs> the gardener will appreciate that because people think it happens instantly.
0: By the time that happens, I probably won't be able to to
1: haul ten thousand pounds of. Food. Oh, well, you'll be able to go out with your walker, sit down and say, okay, children, bring your mother some ice tea here. You know, I created this lovely area. but It, it, it is wonderful. And all these memories. And what I absolutely love is uh, I've been able to share plants with people and people have shared plants with me. And and you remember these people by the plants they've shared with you or the advice they've shared with you. That is such a such a great thing.
0: Well, and, you know, you have those stories to pass down, like you and I, you know, talk about, I think about planting potatoes with my gar- uh, my grandma and my parents, and, and that is one thing you can do for Mother's Day, I think, is maybe go out and, and get a plant. I know, you know what I get for every Mother's Day from my boys? What? New koi fish for the pond.
1: Oh, that's great. So, you know what I have? I told my husband, I think if there's one thing that um, would be, a, I'd consider a luxury, but but a necessity, it would be a re- robotic vacuum cleaner because our daughter has one (laughs) and it came in the mail it's a Roomba and it has its own docking station and I just say to Alexa I say Alexa (laughs) start Roomba and it goes from room to room and even we have this open stairway going downstairs it goes to the edge and it turns around it doesn't fall over the edge i mean it has a really good sense and it goes from the hardwood floors up onto the area rugs and if it's if you if you have a nap that's a little higher, it backs up, turns around, circles, and then gets on there. It's just really, really smart. So and, that's what you would suggest: getting a Roomba. Uh, I always
0: say you can never get enough plants for your mother, either.
1: Yeah, well, that's true, but you know what? Frees you up so that you don't have to vacuum. <laughs> okay. I and I sit in the living room and I look underneath the furniture because the hardwood will show up any dust. Right. This is on the south side. There's not a speck of dust. I can't see it any place. I just go around checking. You see, and then I check the. The little uh, depository that Roomba has, it, it it it's picking it up. I mean, it's just really picking up the dust. It's just for someone with asthma, it's a, it's an absolute great. So thing. that's your cleaning uh, help. Uh, yes, so like help cleaning lady or man or whatever yes, you want to call yes. it. Yes, yes, my cleaning lady and uh, sometimes I call her Mrs. Doubtfire (laughs) yes (laughs) right exactly Mrs. Doubtfire is at work right? oh that's wonderful well Barb we are out of time are we? too bad
0: yeah but next next Saturday not this Saturday next Saturday is our planned sale put that on your calendar Saturday May 18th it starts at 9 in the morning and goes till 1130 till noon at the Caledonia Club and that's in Mankato up behind kind of the Walgreens up there is that well yeah the Walgreens up on the hill in Madison Avenue and there will be So I've got rhubarb I'll be selling that I have from my my garden, and it's really beautiful stuff. Oh, that's
1: great. And Um, the rhubarb is looking absolutely fabulous this year. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to be at the plant sale this year. You know, I'm off to Cleveland, Ohio for my granddaughter's graduation from law school. So I will miss that. But... Um, we'll, I'll be back the following You'll week. You'll have some plants there, though, won't, won't you? I sure shall. I sure shall. And, and if I don't, you know, people come and I give them away as they come. I know you do, yeah. yeah and you know,
0: Harvey's they're... got some 90 tomatoes or something from different varieties, so that's in itself is worth going because he plants varieties you don't
1: find anywhere else, and they're really some of the... And there was frost last night. So uh, there was frost on, the, on my garage roof, and there was frost on the grass.